lending your brother or sister money out of your self-directed IRA at 0% interest is not only going to throw a flag from the IRS or for the IRS, but when they stop paying, man, is it going to make Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners awkward. W-2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jay Helms, founder of the W2 Capitalist podcast and movement. I like to call it a movement. We're getting there. We're getting moving, right? So um, we are here week two. I'm joined with Juan Deshaun, and we're talking about self-directed RAs. And I'm excited about this because this has been, this is going to kick off the, these four episodes. So last week and the next two weeks are kicking off our, our, uh, I was going to say partnership again. It's a sponsorship. You guys are sponsoring this the podcast. Maybe re rethinking your steps after this uh, introduction. But anyway, <laughs> um, sponsoring the podcast. Juan was at our April summit, our virtual summit. Um, and you can find those replays at w2capsummit.com. But to kick this off, if you're interested, and I'm going to go ahead and throw, get the business out of the way first, and then we're going to dive into the content. If you're interested in talking to one or anybody on one's team or his, his coworkers, I guess I should say Anne Marie's team who's joining me next week, right? Yeah. Um, go to, they set up a special link for us at w2cap.questtrust.com. w2cap.questtrust.com. But today, so last week we talked about investing with a self-directed RA, kind of really self-directed RA one-on-one stuff, right? So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back, go find it wherever you're at. If you're on YouTube, I'm going to make a specific playlist just for this. So you can just look for that Quest Trust playlist that I'm going to create for that. But if you're on the podcast, just go back, whatever platform you're on. One week back, you'll find it. But today we're going to dive a little bit deeper because last week was like a one-on-one -on -one class. Today we're going to talk about something a little bit more specific, right, Juan? We're going to talk about, and I'm going to skip the introduction for Juan just know that if you're listening to this, he does look like Karate Kid. I can't get over it. If you heard me last week, I actually slipped up and said, Daniel, I called you Daniel. It's very, oh I don't God. know if you remember that, but um, it was, uh, it was anyway, sorry about that. But no. today we're going to talk about uh, private money lending with your self-directed RA. It's actually something that I have done um, with you guys. I just completed my first transaction. It's the first time I've ever loan from my self-director i'll go out go out and say this is that one of the reasons why i approached you guys about being a sponsor for the podcast is because of how smooth that transaction went and how your team and you specifically um made that so easy it made me feel like i had this 
I know you guys are custodians, but it just felt like this. I had this guardian kind of watching over my shoulder just to make sure, <laughs> all right, you're, you're dotting the I's, you're crossing the T's, it's good. Yeah. And we talked about y'all cannot give advice on what is a good investment versus a, or a bad investment, but you do make sure we do things legally and ethically. Well, I don't know if ethical is right falls in your wheelhouse but legally you want to make sure we're doing the stuff right so we don't get in trouble from from the irs or anybody else so let's talk about private money lending right the pml is we'll probably refer to it here so if you hear us talk about pml through the rest of this it's private money lending why is that so popular right now and why is that so popular with self-directed ras right or how does it work with a self-directed ra so I think it's I think it's so popular just because of the ways IRAs are created and what they're recreated for. When we think about what you use an IRA traditionally, you use it for quote unquote passive investments, right? Which originally you're probably using it for the stock market, things like of that nature, which are passive investments. You know, you you buy stock, it goes up and down in value, you don't have to worry about it too much. Private money lending or PML is very similar. Right. Even though there's a little more work up front to find the deal, it's a passive investment. It works very easily with an IRA account. There's no ongoing maintenance hmm. aside from, you know, making sure your borrower's paying you, right? You got to yeah. make sure you got to be on that. But aside from that, there's no ongoing things you need to worry about. When real estate, you may have to worry about tents and toilets, right? Money lending, you don't have to. And it allows for people who their full-time job is not real estate. If they can be private money lenders. I'm a private money lender. I work 8.30 to 5.30 every single day, sometimes even longer. And so I don't have time to manage properties even though I want to maybe in the future, but right now I don't. So I have private money lend. And there's always people looking for money. People say, I don't find the deals. And you're just not talking to people. You're just not networking. So that's kind of, I think, why private money lending is so popular because people are looking for deals. It's easy to do in your IRA. Very passive. Super easy. Well, I would say it's super easy with Quest, a shameless plug, but here's what we're here talking about, right? And because we we just talked about the company that I used to, I transitioned to you, got, to you guys and how they were real slow. We, we talked about it off air. I didn't want to bash them too much on, on the air, but just know that, you know, for you listening, if you didn't listen to last week, I talked about why I made the change to Quest. And one of that, one of those things is because you guys are, are so responsive, right? And you, yeah. and you make sure we understand what we're talking about. One thing I want to clear up though, if you have listened to this point, Juan's um, talking about private money lending. He also talked about real estate investing. You can buy rental properties with your IRA, right? You can invest in real, real estate with your IRA. Today specifically, we're talking about private money lending. So I wanna make sure that's very clear that you can do both, right? But we wanna talk about private money lending because it's fresh on my mind. It is, you know, the real estate market is, I can't make sense of it. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. Things are super, uh, it just seems to be super popular right now and, and people are yeah. buying it rates cap rates and acquisition prices that i don't understand so i'm kind of, kind of taking a step back and i'm looking at all right what else can i do because i have this money i want to make sure it's put to work right. and um so i am lending it to guys who do make sense of the market right who can make sense of the market at least i think um but there's also there's two different ways you can lend right? or there's multiple ways we'll get into that here in a minute but i want to make sure when you do private money lending there are several different things you can invest right? 
uh, you doesn't have to just be real estate. I, I am actually investing in a business. Um, right. It's not my business. It's somebody else's, right? So let's talk about the types of things you can invest in. Let's recircle, kind of come back to that. And then we'll, I've got a few more questions on uh, why PML, why it's so popular. Yeah. So, I mean, let's to break it down. Let's talk about what private money lending is. Usually there's, there's a, what, what we see is a promissory note, right? And a promissory note is just a promise to pay. That's all it is. This contract says, I promise to pay X individual a certain amount of dollars interest on his dollars for this amount of time. It's a very simple contract. So right there, if you take down the definition of, of what a promissory note is, it doesn't say it has to be towards real estate. It can be towards anything. You can lend to a person to literally, so they can take that money and do whatever they have to do. Between you and that person, you guys are negotiating those terms and whatever makes you feel comfortable as a lender to lend that person the money, right? Up to you right. as a borrower. Now I like to lend on real estate and real estate investors. So they'll secure the note from, with an asset. There'll yep. be a deed of trust in place. Now you said you loaned it to a company. That company could have said that, hey, you know, at the end of our term, maybe I can convert this into stock or shares in my company. Right? Mm. They could have done that. I'm not sure if they did or not, but they could have done that. What I'm trying to not get yet. at is <laughs> very uh, flexible in the negotiation, right? How does that oh. work? Let's stick, let's stay with that for a minute. Let's say I invest in a company. It's a, and for the sake of a uh, conversation, it's a startup, right? It's a startup yeah. company. I give them, let's just say 50 grand for sake of easy math. And we, we have this promissory note at the end of that promissory note, whatever it is, six months, a year, and, or even longer, um, how does it convert over? Is that something that has to be detailed in this promissory note or at the end of that expiration, if we want to convert it then, can we do another promissory note? How does that typically work? Sorry, my light from my office. Yeah. Not, <laughs> You're not making them not. enough motion in there. No? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it, it would be kind of probably listed within the promissory note from the start. Okay. Right? It would say that at the end, you know, we would either be paying Jay Helms IRA his principal and interest back, or he has an option to convert his $50,000 into an interest that he's made into shares of this company. So that company does really well, and you think we're just going to continue to grow, it might be worth just converting this to shares of stock of the company. Yeah. Happens a lot with startups. So, so yeah, you, you can go either way. Um, or if at the end of the note, you can decide it then too. As long as a, a new contract or agreement gets drawn up and we're just Again, as a custodian, just reviewing it to make sure it's possible with an IRA. Right. And I say if it's possible, it usually is going to be unless it's going to be a prohibited transaction. And we'll get that to that, I think, towards the end of this episode. So we'll get okay. that. Okay. So I love how you said earlier, um, promissory notes, it, it really is like I have overcomplicated that whole concept in my mind. Right. And I even, before I, I started this, I knew a guy who, who, uh, or I know a guy I didn't, he's not past. He's still with us. Right. He's still on this planet. I know a guy who does this uh, quite frequently. And so I reached out to him. I said, Hey, do you, I'm looking to get into this. Do you mind sending me a couple of your promissory notes you've used in the past? You know, maybe one of your more current ones to just for me to look at. And I did that with two or three different people. Hey guys, I want to, 
interrupt you real quick from your listening pleasure to give you that website one more time in case you were wondering what it is w2cap.questtrust.com uh, at that site you're going to be able to you put in your pedigree information your contact info and it's going to you're going to be able to schedule your free consultation with one or anybody else on that team and trust me when you do this you're going to find out just how easy it is to not only transfer a, a, an old 401k or an old IRA from a previous employer or from another self-directed custodian you're not even going to find out how easy that is with them but you're going to find out just how good this world what i'd say world class just amazing customer service they have given me and uh, which is why i wanted to reach out for, to them and we're working on this uh, sponsorship here so w2cap.questtrust.com w2cap.questtrust.com and just because i feel like i'm uh, doing a car commercial right now i'm going to give it to you for a third time w2cap.questtrust.com let's get back to the conversation with one to get an idea and then i kind of grabbed and pulled pieces of of them together um i'm not sure that's the best way to do it that's the way i did it i, I know probably the best way to do it is to consult my attorney and my attorney is going to draw up some papers and do all this stuff but at the end of the day like you said it's pretty simple terms um and i was comfortable with what was in there i've looked at enough legal legal documents in the last six years of investing that i was comfortable enough with it but what are some of the things that we want to make sure is in that promissory note? And again, if I don't want anybody to take what Juan and I are saying to heart and say, hey, I can just go create my own. If you're not 100% confident that it is the best thing to do, then you need to go consult an attorney, right? Yeah. And every time I go to my attorney after I do something, he kind of slaps me in the back, virtually, not physically, he virtually slaps me in the back of the head and says, hey, you know, you uh you want to you're going to pay for this now right <laughs> it's like yeah it's it's going to be more expensive now i should have came to you before you know and i kind of head between my legs you know head head down just kind of shame that i didn't do it but high level what are some of the things that we need to make sure are in promissory notes so for i mean for one and before i say anything anyone listening I'm not an attorney or an advisor. Yeah, legal disclaimer. Neither one of us are. <laughs> I'm not an attorney or advisor. My experience is just handling so many IRA transactions that I've seen a lot of things happen. I've seen a lot of uh, notes go past my desk. I've seen right. I do myself as well. Uh, I just started recently, so I'm not like an expert in no way, shape, or form, but I've been seeing a lot of this and I've started doing my own and learning firsthand. Um, so the biggest thing is, and you mentioned it, is I think earlier is you feel comfortable with the investment. You know, you gotta, you gotta be able to go to bed at night knowing that your money is secure to a point where you can go to bed and not have to worry about it too much. Yeah. And you can do that multiple ways. You either by choosing to loan to someone who you really, really trust, and there's just no way that they will run off with your money, right? Because you trust them that much. Um, another way is to secure it. If you think like a bank, if you think like a bank, the bank is not gonna give you any money if they don't think you're going to be able to pay them back, hmm. secure it however you think you, just, you need to secure it. Yeah. You know, you can secure it by collateral, whatever it may be. And you can even run, you know, credit checks on the on the borrowers. I've seen people do that. People check their bank statements, make sure they're, you know, they're not just bamboozling you and getting, getting your money real quick. Um, unfortunately, I have seen a lot of people out there who blindly lend their money out and retirement funds 
because they're so anxious to get that money working. Mm -hmm. They get a they get in contact with someone who's a sweet talker. You know, they meet this guy and he's as smooth as, yeah. as you can think of, and he gives them this deal that sounds really good, really believable. And then we get a call six months later, and they're like, "Hey, you know, is there?" I said, "My borrower's making payments." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> like, we don't. We don't know, right?" And then there's no way to contact them. Their number's out of service. Their email doesn't work anymore, and they're kind of just out of luck at that point. Yeah. If you don't secure your contract, then you have nothing to nothing to go after after yeah. you don't secure your money. You can lose all your money like that. So yeah. I don't think unsecured notes are a good idea. I know why people do them. I know people do them often, but again, they usually do it to someone they really, really, really trust. I mean, you can do it to your brother, for example. Yeah. Right? You might yeah. trust your brother because if he doesn't pay you back, Thanksgiving's gonna be weird, and you can go tell mom. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I know where he I, lives. I know where he, I know where he stays. <laughs> exactly. You know where your brother stays. You can try, but that's another joke you say. Like, don't, I don't know if you want to lend the family or not because yeah, that's true. On your brother, that's gonna be really, really weird, right? Um, Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner is going to be weird if, uh, yeah, if something goes wrong. You right? Responsibility to your IRA, you're a fiduciary. So even if it's your brother, you got to look at other transaction. Technically, yeah. legally, if your brother did not pay you back, you couldn't just be like, "It's all good, man." You know, we're brothers. I love you. It's all good. You can just keep my hundred grand. No, you literally have to go after them and try to and mm. fall on that contract. The contract says you have to either foreclose on them or you have to they have to pay you back. Right? There's a legal binding contract. So I guess that's there. So people, I guess along the way, somebody said, well, I'm just going to loan, or I'm just, I, I want to give my sibling or relative some money or friend some money without tax impl implications. Right. And that maybe that's why that rule is there. Now you've got to. Exactly. And, I'm, and I've gotten that call and then you'd be surprised. And I've gotten people trying to do this where they're like, I'm trying to loan this person money. I want to loan to them at 0% interest. Hmm. Come on, <laughs> you know, that, although it's a loan, quote unquote, a loan, zero percent interest, that is not an investment. How is that assisting your IRA? How is that going to be looked at as an actual transaction? And you can you can maybe loan someone money with three percent interest, sure, very low interest rate. What is the lowest you've seen on an interest rate above zero? Is like <laughs> the lowest I've seen and that we've allowed is, I think, three percent. Okay. And you, you guys allow that. So there's a, there's an important piece there, right? That you all allowed that to happen. Um, and the reason why it's not like we're, we're trying to be mean about it or something. And, and but you're trying is, to protect, we're trying to protect them. Yeah. We're not, we're not trying to blatantly allow prohibited transactions. If we know that, okay, they're giving us 1% interest because they just want to give the money away. We could just turn a blind eye and do that transaction. But legally, I mean, we have, we want to protect you guys and, if the IRS comes down, they're going to deem that prohibited and you're going to end up paying taxes and penalties for doing that in the first place. Mm. You get a lot more trouble. So we're yeah. going to save that headache, even though you don't want to hear it, we're going to save that headache and just say, listen, we can't, can't, can't pass do this that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, you know, that's interesting. You brought that up. It made me think of, there's a girl in the uh, mastermind in the Thursday night session where her and her husband have done very well financially and she's got a sibling or some, or maybe not a sibling, a relative who had a really high interest rate uh, on some debt. I think it was like, I want to say it was, it was double digits. It might've been like 15 to 20% on some credit card debt or on their house or whatever, whatever their, I don't know how it got to be that with their house or whatnot, but basically 
what they did is they took their uh, IRA, their self-directed IRA, they paid off that debt for the family member, right? Or they loaned them that money so that they could pay off that. And then they were charging like 7%. So they were making 7% on their money. The, the lender, the borrower, um, excuse me, the borrower would had their uh, interest rate like cut in more than half. Uh, and, And, but it did turn into one of those interesting situations, uh, being a family member and there were some things that came up, I'm not going to get into, but, uh, were shared with us in the mastermind call that makes me just think of exactly what you just said, but just to be be thinking about how, and there's different ways to, to lend private money businesses or, you know, buying real estate, there's an avenue, right? If you know somebody who's in, in financial distress for whatever reason, or, how important is it to pull somebody's credit uh, report? Because like in the in instance I'm in, you know, the, the guy was straight up front with me. I didn't ask for it. Didn't even think about it until after yeah. the transaction was done. But uh, he told me up front, he goes, look, I would go to a bank and get this. But when I was in my early twenties, I was dumb. I had a really good time, but I was dumb with my credit. And he goes, so I just don't have the credit to go to a bank and say, here's the, you know, here's, here's what I want to do. And I want a loan. Right. So now he's paying for that now because the interest rate I'm charging him is much higher than what he would get at the bank. Right. But, yeah. but how important is it? Cause I've, my rule of thumb is if I don't know you for at least six months, I'm not going to lend you money. I'm not going to invest with you. I'm not going to ask you to be part of my deals. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's like your way of determining if it's, Gotcha. If you feel comfortable with it, right? The credit check is just someone else's other way of determining if you feel gotcha. comfortable with it. Um, I, my first loan, I didn't check the credit. My second loan that I actually just did two days ago, um, we definitely checked um, because we didn't know them as well. I actually heard of this note through a person that I trust. So mm-hmm. I went in with them. It was kind of a partnership, partner, kind of a promissory note. Um, but the first one is something I've known for more than six months. And I know they're a good real estate investor and you know, they put their money where their mouth is. Right. Yeah. So I know that they weren't going to run off my money. And that was a very good deal. Um, so I didn't have to check it. So the point is, I mean, it's not like important. No one's, we're not going to require it. It's only yeah. if you want. Gotcha. Like, okay. do it a lot so it's not a requirement. It's just a checkbox to make you feel comfortable for the individual who's lending the money. Yeah. If they want to do that. Gotcha. I mean, I've seen people loan money out with templates of promissory notes off of Google. <laughs> and that's it, right? Some people don't care. They just say, hey, this isn't my investment. I want to just send it out. Some people um, get all their attorneys involved and do a week's process to make sure everything is, is good, right? So, I mean, it's just taste from, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I do like that your the note department at Quest Trust, when I, we, you know, I had uh, the guy who borrowed the money from me, we signed the paperwork, I sent it in. And I probably should have sent it in beforehand to avoid this mistake, but I, I sent it in, I sent it back and they said, well, you, you put your name in this area when it needs right. to be quest right. trust, you know, uh, all the other right. stuff. And then, FBO. Yeah. FBO. That's what I was trying to think of quest trust, FBO, uh, J Helms and then my account number. And I was like, well, crap, that means I got to get with him again to sign the document. So nothing but just a hiccup, but it was one of those things where, like that, I felt like that, that guardian blanket, right? Again, was one of those things. I was like, oh, this is cool. I didn't, I didn't have yeah. this before. <laughs> yeah, we need to do that too. Because I mean, in order for the IRA to really be a lender, it's got to be on the contract. 
yeah. That's a good yeah, yeah. for anyone listening. You know, whenever you're doing any investment with an IRA, it's your IRA. Think of it as a separate person. Don't think of it as, even though you control it, right? I, I say you're the brains, you're not the brawn, right? <laughs> but we're the arms and legs of the operation, and the IRA is the one really making this transaction happen. So the IRA is the entity that is the lender in this case. Yeah. Um, that's why that's why they require that it said Quest Trust Company FBO because that is you know we're a we're a custodian for the benefit of Jay Helms IRA. Um, nice. so that's why I said that. Nice. There. Every time I talk to you, time flies. Like I don't know what just happened. Like we're we're. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know we started a little late. We we were BSing about taking afternoon naps and how we both wish we had one today or something like, or maybe it was just me wanting to have one no, today. I, one. I, yeah. <laughs> I got two more questions for you and then and we'll wrap up if you've got time, you have time for two more. All right. Yeah. So we talked about um, what you can do a little bit about private money lending. Let's talk about what you can't do very high level. You know, there are some prohibited transactions. You talked about one of them, right? You can't just give money to people at 0%. You know, you can't really do that. But what are some of the very black and white? Hey, these are prohibited transactions yeah. you cannot do with your IRA uh, whatsoever. Yeah, for sure. So there's three ways to kind of group them together. And the first one is our transaction restrictions. Not ours, I'm gonna say the IRS transactions. Okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> the IRS. Um, so things, actual transactions that you cannot make or purchase within an IRA. I'm just gonna briefly speak through this one because it's not too important. You cannot buy uh, life insurance policies or collectibles inside of IRAs. That means okay. you can't like, you can't buy like antique cars and things like that, right? Because baseball cards. Art is a good one. You can't buy art in an IRA okay. account. Okay. Right. Reason being is because art has no value, right? What some what's a thousand dollars to you would be twenty five cents to me, right? I don't like yeah. it. It's worth the same. Yeah. So they don't let you buy things. Well, IRA, you say, you, uh, you, when you say collectibles, my mind went to baseball cards because that's the last thing I collected like <laughs> thirty years ago. <laughs> and you're yeah. you're talking about art. I was like, oh, that's that's more of a grown up collectible. But now I get it. Art cars. Well, the IRS <laughs> actually says you cannot buy alcohol beverage collections in your IRA account. They specifically say that. Like, so, like somebody's wine uh, collection? You yes. can't buy wine collection? Yeah, Damn yeah. It. But if anyone, yeah, anyone, listening, <laughs> anyone listening is bummed out that you can't buy, you know, a 1942 Chardonnay in your IRA, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I don't know. But that's really quick what transactions you're not allowed to do. Yeah. Um, and there's people that you you can't do certain things with inside of an IRA account. So you can't buy, sell, loan, or extend or service or even trade with specific individuals. And I'm gonna label them as fiduciaries to your account. Okay. Very simple to memorize who these people would be. I'll give examples, but it's first yourself, right? So in, in taking private money lending, you cannot, Jay Helms cannot lend Jay Helms money. Jay Helms IRA cannot lend Jay Helms IRA. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. You can't lend yourself the money. The other thing is your spouse. So if you, you yeah. can't take your IRA and loan $50,000 to your spouse. Okay. Now think about why, because your spouse is also a fiduciary to your IRA. If you pass away, who gets the account? Your wife. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they automatically disqual disqualify the wife. Same thing with the kids. Same scenario. You pass okay. away, your wife passes away, who gets the account? Your children. Okay. They automatically disqualify those people as well. 
And just for safe measures, the IRS also disqualifies parents and grandparents. So it goes up and down the line of ascendancy and your spouses. Gotcha. And the reason being is because that's the way wealth is passed. And that's why brothers and sisters, cousins, friends, best friends, those people are not disqualified because technically they're not fiduciaries to your account. They don't have any financial responsibility to think for the, for the best of that IRA. Gotcha. So they're not disqualified. Unless you have, no, you have no spouse, you have no kids, and your beneficiary of your account would be your sibling, that automatically would disqualify them because now yes. they have an interest in your IRA account. That was going to be my follow-up. If, if, it's, if it's somebody that's a beneficiary that's not in your yeah. bloodline, that would disqualify them, yeah. right? Because so it could be, yeah. say, my best friend from high school, for some reason, I put him as my beneficiary, and then he can't, I can't loan him money for that. Let me ask you this. So I have a single member LLC, right? It's, it's, I'm the only single member, uh, in that owns the entity. It's called, it. Yeah. I manage it on it's Palmetto. Some properties, what we do most of our, our real estate investing under, right. Can I loan, can my IRA loan that LLC money? Unfortunately not. No. Okay. I didn't, I didn't think so because it yeah. kind of links back to who, uh, fiduciary responsibility, right? So, so it, yeah, it links back to that company is also an extension of you in, in a way, right? Yep. So yep. if you look at the exact rules of who's disqualified, they also label companies at that. Those people, okay. those, all those people are listed may own or control. So that LLC would fall into that category. Even some people, if you're just a high executive of a company, that company would be disqualified. Gotcha. You know? So if you have like some decision-making power in a company, you're managing those funds and it's going to personally benefit you, then your IRA cannot be involved. You want gotcha. to just keep an arm's length distance is what we kind of say. Yeah. Um, so that, that part can get gray really fast. When we're talking about companies. You could be like, Oh, you know, I'm only 30% partner. I only manage the books. I go to like one meeting a year. Is that disqualified? I don't know. We'll have to look more into it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, there's ideally you want to deal with third party people people that I did yeah. not list and people that don't, don't run those companies. Um, and that's really kind of the gist of it. If you're always looking to do a transaction in an IRA account, that's why you got to think about are any of these people receiving a benefit directly or indirectly? Gotcha. If you answer yes to those questions, you got to reevaluate the investment. And the same goes like, it, I know we've talked a lot about private money uh, lending here today, or I mean all of today really. But yeah. if I were to, buy a uh, buy and hold property with my self-directed RA, then technically I cannot manage that property myself, right? It has to be with a third party. Yeah. So, so I'm not saying that you can't go out there and, you know, we understand real life situations happen and on a Saturday, you know, something ha is happening with the property, quest right. is closed, you know, and you can't go out there and look at it. I'm not saying that, but if you go out there and start fixing the issue yourself and just paying it out of pocket, that's when it becomes a problem because you're, you're basically, I'm going to label it as contributing to the IRA. Yeah. In another form other than cash. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. Um, so yeah, it's ideal to have maybe a third party kind of be that quote yeah. unquote property manager um, when dealing with properties like that. Another thing too, if you have a property in your IRA, just because I've seen this a lot is, you know, you can't have your like son, for example, live in it. I had someone who was buying mm. a, a condo or an apartment in College Station where A&M is located here in Texas. And they were like, can I my son live in the apartment complex or in the apartment <laughs> that we just bought? And no, right. There's going yeah. to not be 
paying rent to the IRA account. Now, what if the son had a roommate, right? What if the son had a roommate <laughs> and the roommate was the one paying? He's on the lease. Yeah, <laughs> IRA, right? Yeah. How does the I, the IRS is not, and if you if you're an Aggie or you went to A and M ever or whatever like that, the IRS is not in Northgate, just like looking out the windows. <laughs> as much as we think they are, right? <laughs> right not looking out the window, I could be like, that is the IRS owner's son in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. <don't>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you didn't hear that from me, but basically, and that's basically around it. Right? Yeah. But you just want, don't want to blatantly enter those prohibited transactions and say, yeah. yeah, my son's paying the rent. No, no, don't want yeah. that. As long as he pays in cash. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, so I, I'll need to ask this, uh, asking for a friend. Yeah. Let's just say um, five years ago, my friend had a property, had a rental property in his self-directed RA, right? Mm -hmm. He also managed the property before he learned about this, right? And since he has now sold said property, is there a window that would close where he would, if the IRS wanted to come after him, they're like, oh, can't do it now because it's been so many years. Or is my friend just forever and ever open to being audited by that? No longer owns a property today. Right. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So, so whatever happened with that property, it's been five or so years. The rule, and I, I can't tell you what years exactly, but the rule of thumb is if you haven't been contacted within three years or so from the yeah. IRS, you probably they're not looking at you. Okay. Right. Um, now, when the IRS does audits, they do look back a few years, but if you haven't been contacted um, within a three year period, yeah. Don't call your custodian and tell them, like, hey, a year ago I did something really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will let my friend know that that's what he needs to do. <laughs> if you do enter in a brand transaction though, in case you do small or big, whatever it may be, um, try to come talk to us. If you have to do it in hypotheticals, do so, but try to come talk to us, see how we can correct it. I'll give an example um, without adding anybody, of course, but there was a situation where an individual had a rental property inside of an IRA. They had a property manager, they were doing everything perfect, but that property manager was sending the funds, the rental payments on a monthly basis to their LLC. Mm. And I guess through the bookkeeping, they didn't really notice until the end of the year. Gotcha. All those funds were there. So, we, so there were two options in this case. They either could send the funds back to the property manager so that they can correct it and send it to the IRA. Yep. Right? Which I think is what ended up happening. Or they could just they could come up front and say this money is should be to the IRA account and they could ask for like exceptions and things like that. But I think it's got some more pain in the butt, but the cleanest way to do it. And what they ended up doing was they told the property manager, Hey, this was a big mistake I'm trying to correct this. I need, I'm going to write the check back to you and I need you to just rewrite it back over to my IRA account to correct everything yeah. in the last 12 months. And they did it. And then we, as a custodian, we finally got the check from the property manager that was 12 months worth of rent. We don't need to have a monthly statement of the rent. Gotcha. Month. Gotcha. We can get it every year if we need to. It doesn't matter. So to us, everything happened perfectly. We filed it and we're good to go. Good to Here's go. Yeah. Um, so there, there's ways to correct your mistakes once you learn of, learn about them and, and not get penalized. But there's also things that the biggest thing I took away from there is if you're unsure, go go talk to Juan, right? Go, go talk to yeah. Quest Trust. 
go talk to them and say, look, this is my scenario. And then you guys are going to give guidance. Now, whether or not I or my friend or whoever else takes that guidance is kind of on them, but yeah, um, and, you know, and maybe you have, might, maybe you have to get an attorney, who knows, but we need yeah. to figure it out and see if it's a very simple fix or a very difficult fix. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. Cause we don't want you guys to have a blown up IRA because a lot of taxes, a lot of penalties. Yeah. So, so last question. Um, and you've said this a couple of times and it reminded me, so we're recording this on September the 3rd and, um, my borrower is supposed to pay on September 1st, right? But you've said, you know, you need to verify that your borrower is paying. You may mention earlier, one of the scenarios you gave us said somebody called you and said, hey, is he paying? You know, whatever the scenario was, you said, hey, is, is he paying? You guys looked up. How do I verify? I haven't asked this yet or haven't looked yet. How do I verify my borrower is paying? Is that just as yeah. simple as logging into the portal with the yeah, so first thing you want to do before you, you, you get calling them and get angry at them <laughs> is check your portal. Um, yeah. Check your portal when you have any account requests, and usually with any custodian, you have somewhere to check, just like you would a bank account, what money's coming in and out. And so check to see if it's there. Um, if you don't see anything, next step is to call our account receivable department. Make sure that maybe it's just sitting here and we haven't deposited it yet, and it's just not showing in the system just yet. Gotcha. 24 hour window before the system updates from when we updated. Um, and if that's not the case, and we're just like, hey, there's no sign of any funds, and you know they're supposed to pay this month, yeah, go call your borrower. This is why you should be comfortable with that borrower enough to understand that what the process is if they don't end up paying. Just text them, call them, and be like, hey, you know, I haven't seen the funds where they sent. Should I check with my custodian? See what they say. Yeah. Um, Y'all will hear from Nathan in the, the fourth week, in the fourth episode. Nathan's our president, and he says when he's he's always been lending and does a lot of deals, but he's a primary a private money lender, and he always reiterates with the borrower what happens if they don't pay him. He's upfront with it. He's like, if you don't pay me, what's going to happen? How are we going to handle this mm -hmm. if you stop paying me for whatever reason? Life happens, you know, it's like a pandemic breaks out, whatever it may be, right? It's always good to know what happens if worst case scenario kicks in. So, yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, all good stuff, man. Again, time flies when you and I are talking. Uh, I want to be respectful. I feel like I could sit here and talk to you all day, but it's been well over the time that we allotted for this. So I want to make sure that everybody knows how to get in touch with you. Um, I clicked off my screen here that I was taking notes on, and I, pretty, I hope that it saved it. If I'm going to stall here for a few seconds just to make sure. But no, we... Um, uh, best way to get in touch with you is is to go to the site that you guys have set up w2cap.questtrust.com there is a there's a form there very i mean right when you log in you know just ask for the pedigree information first name last name email phone number to schedule a free consultation with with RA specialist and as i understand it when that happens folks can actually ask for you right? If they won't specifically. Um, but the good thing is, what I love about the site you guys set up is there's also some videos that have some very, really good stuff that you guys have there. Uh, you're featured in one of them, basics and SDR investment options. I like yeah, it. I like it. That little picture. Yeah. yeah. We, so weird to take that picture. But yeah, no, <laughs> we, have videos, uh, we always have these YouTube series um, and Facebook and stuff like that. So we're always throwing out education. And so, yeah. yeah, if you go to the website, you'll see one of them or a few of them are actually featured on there. One of them is the one I did. 
Um, yeah. yeah, so check it all out. It's all free for you guys. And um, yeah, just whenever you put your information in that website, we get notification and then we'll reach out to you as soon as possible. We were pretty quick for that. Yeah, you guys are doing a lot of stuff. Um, uh, you'll have, uh, was it self-directed Saturdays where you'll have a presenter uh, that comes in and talks about whatever the topic may be. And then uh, twice a month, you guys do a virtual happy hour, which I joined last night. Uh, I think it's every other Wednesday, maybe. Um, yeah, it's, that's brand new. Uh, I can, yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't even know what dates it goes on all the time. Um, it's brand new. It's awesome, though, because we used to have the networking here in the office. And obviously now we can't. Yeah. So we found a way finally to have still networking, but it's all virtual and like a Zoom meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next one is not till September 16th, which is, yeah, Wednesday. So um, yeah, just check it out. Go to website, questrust.com. Our website has all the events and stuff free for you guys to yeah. sign up. But yeah, we're always in networking. We're always doing education, not just IRAs. IRAs can be a boring topic. <laughs> hours of it. So we're, but we're always doing real estate related things like that. So it's huge. Yeah. Good stuff. Juan, thank you for being here, man. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. I'm looking forward uh, next week talking to Anne-Marie, which yeah. is, is which technically is your boss. So I'm going to pick on you just a little bit when yeah, no, she, she and I talk. She's the boss. She's the boss lady. She's taught me everything I know. So she's a genius. So she's yeah. good. Um, so y'all will enjoy that. And then after that, you have the boss, boss, man, the big kahuna. Yes. Yeah. Nathan, which was, which was cool. Cause when I, I logged into the virtual, uh, happy hour last night, he was sitting there drinking wine and talking about, you know, and he wrapped up saying, Hey, if you, if you have an investment you want me to look at, I'll look at it. Right. Here's my email address. Just, just know that when I'm investing, it's not based off of me being the president of Quest Trust. This is me personally investing in your deal. Yeah, he was, I, I, have, I was blown away by that. Yeah, he was probably there literally looking for deals and because he's <laughs> an investor, right? And yeah. obviously Quest, why I started it, they're investors. Yeah. That's what he was probably looking for. And he's, he's a really funny guy. And he's just, y'all, he'll talk to him. You'll see what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Looking forward to that chat, which is going to come up uh, here in a couple of weeks for those folks who are, who are listening right now. So Juan, thank you very much. Everybody listening, check out w2cap.questtrust.com. Fill out the info, get your free consultation with an RA specialist. If it's not Juan, uh, it'll be somebody who on Emory's team. And uh, I, I got to tell you, if they're like Juan, you're going to be treated right. He uh, definitely has done it for me. So Thank you, sir. I will talk to you real soon. Yes, sir. Thanks. All right, guys, that's a wrap on week two. Stick around for next week, week three, with uh, Anne-Marie Rogers, who is Juan's boss. So we're kind of working our way up the food chain there at Quest Trust. So we've had Juan here for a couple of weeks talking about, you know, self-directed RA 101. Today we got into a little bit more uh, the weeds with private money loans. Next week we're going to talk to Anne-Marie Rogers, and we're going to explore just what type of investments you can get in, plus some of the things that you can't get in. We touched on that a little bit here today. Uh, with Anne-Marie, we're going to get a little bit more deep into that. And then the following week, we're going to talk to the president himself, uh, Nathan, president of Quest Trust. Uh, not Donald, not not the Donald um, president. If anybody has connections with Donald, I'd love to have him on the podcast, actually. Um, but Next week, we're going to talk to Anne-Marie, then we're going to talk to, to Nathan about Nathan uh, is going to talk about building legacy wealth with a self-directed RA. So stay tuned for that. Let me give you that website one more time. It's w2cap.questtrust.com. You don't have to put the www in front of it or anything like that. Just w2cap.questtrust.com. All right, I'm going to give it to you a third time. 
w2cap.questrust.com. I will hope you guys tune in next week when we talk to Anne-Marie Rogers. It's going to be an interesting conversation. We'll just leave it at that. 